Hey everyone, it's Cameron, one of the pastors here at Door of Hope Northeast. Hey, we really believe there's a lot of value in hearing a diversity of voices here from our church. Um, and uh, so I mentioned it before, but we're going to hear from a couple of people, three actually, uh, for Holy Week. We're going to lead us through short devotionals through the Gospel of John. And so here's our first one from Sam Fowles here on Holy Monday. We hope it uh, helps you think about Jesus more deeply as we go about this week. Well, hi, everyone. This is Sam Fowles. I hope you're doing well. Um, happy Easter to you. I'm here to talk about a section in John 12. The verses are 20 through 36, and I'll read those now. Now, among those who went up to worship at the feast were some Greeks. So these came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. And if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven came, saying, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it, said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, we have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, The light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. So I was excited when Cameron asked me to, to record this devotional for you because I knew it would put me on the hook to to get myself and my heart and my spirit into the season of Easter for myself. And I trust for probably a lot of us that the significance of the resurrection can, can be lost in our daily lives. It can fail to translate into our daily lives. Uh, it can get watered down. It can become unfamiliar through familiarity with this story. And so I'm just here to share a couple thoughts about this passage. Um, there's a lot here. I don't think I'm even going to get to much of it, <laughs> only a small percentage, but some cool things. And I think hopefully they could be encouraging to you. So right away in verse 20, I noticed that it's Greeks who are seeking Jesus, which is interesting because they're, they're Greeks who are seeking the Messiah of the Jews. These are assumably 
polytheists who worship and sacrifice to a host of gods, many of whom behave just as poorly, let's say, as human beings. And they're looking for Jesus. They want to sit down and talk to him. And this is really significant in a quiet way because I think it's demonstrating that Jesus is singular. He crosses boundaries and barriers. He can be attractive to people of all walks of life and in all different kinds of cultures. And I think it's just something that we in our time, in our relativistic kind of culture, we should remember and find some confidence in when we share the gospel or when we represent Jesus in that culture. So the next verse I feel like I have to talk about is, is uh, well, two verses, 24 and 25. Um, the imagery of the green, of wheat falling in the ground and dying. Um, Whoever loves his life will lose it. Whoever hates his life for my sake will keep it for eternal life. That's a high call. And personally, I feel like I'm always forgetting that fruitfulness is costly. But I have to remind myself that it's not wrong to deny myself for Christ's sake. And, and it's actually the best way to live my earthly life. I think Jesus isn't just making suggestions when he says this kind of thing. Um, he's just pointing out like a, a law, like a spiritual law, like the law of gravity, not like, like a law you can obey or disobey if you choose and there's punishments or whatever. I think he's just talking about how life really works on a deep level. Because if I'm not living in faith in the resurrection, that when I die, I'm going to be with Christ and that he's going to give me an eternal resurrection life, then all I really can do is love my life. And I'm going to spend my time protecting that life um, over and against other lives. And in the end, I'm going to lose it. I will have spent so much time protecting my own life and I won't have lived it actually. And I think this kind of thing is the place in life where we see failure. If we've only assented intellectually to Jesus and not yet experienced transformation at the heart level. When we do have that fundamental faith in his resurrection, we are free to choose not to freak out when life takes turns that we don't expect or wouldn't have chosen. Like it could freak me out to realize that I'm going to die with goals unmet and some plans, hopefully not all my plans, but some plans for sure unfulfilled um, with some disappointments not mended. And if the resurrection is true, then that's okay because in one way, like in the most important way, every, every good thing I've managed to do in this life, whether it's like completed or not, I think it is going to take its fullest expression in, the, in our resurrection life. J.R.R. Tolkien has a short story called Leaf by Niggle um, where he, he talks about this idea and it really colors my theology of the resurrection. I highly recommend it. And in light of the resurrection and eternity ahead of us, we can afford to be generous with our time, our money, our talents, because we know this life isn't all there is. And that can be a scary thing to practice and we're going to mess it up um, and blow it sometimes. But 
that is, I think, what we should be aiming for. And when I struggle in my practice of resurrection, sometimes I think about John 14, verse 2. It says, In my Father's house are many rooms. This is Jesus talking to the disciples. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? That verse helps me to remember I have a responsibility to believe in the work of Jesus. And the rest is up to him. He's greater than the wisdom of the Greeks. He's more perfect than the law of the Jews. He isn't diminished or made to disappear by the skepticism that grips our culture today. The resurrection is real. It happened and it is happening in our lives. And we celebrate that during this Easter season and every year at Easter because our faith in Christ turns on his crucifixion and resurrection on our behalf. So happy Easter to you. I look forward to celebrating the resurrection of our Lord together. This is the microphone. Can you talk into this and say happy Easter? Happy Easter. (laughs) Good job.